Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Five minutes after 11 South African time It's a beautiful Mashallah Wednesday morning On our program The Bliss of Marriage Arafat bin Ibrahim Hatia is the name And of course uh, uh, my beloved engineer uh, this morning is none other than uh, uh, Brother Tobella, who will be with me from now till 12 ish. Remember, our WhatsApp number is 084 786 3132. 084 786 well, that's the date today, the 3rd of Rajab 1444. Uh, let's uh, welcome our wonderful listeners of Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and Company. And uh, let's welcome our beloved senior teachers, respected Honorable Fadilatul Ustad, Hazrat Malala Mufti, Abdul Qadir Hussein, Hafidahullah. Ustad, welcome to the Bliss of Marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ustad. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi. Wa Somebody says I would like I would like some clarification on the matter of a soul hovering. If this is true after death, is it only until the debts are paid, or does the soul hover if there are no debts but the late estate was not done according to Sharia law Ustad? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasoolihi al-Kareem Amma ba'd All praise due to Almighty Allah The sustainer, nourisher and cherisher of the universe Peace, blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Today is the 3rd of Rajab 1444 You heard Mona Arafat reciting the dua We should try and recite this dua abundantly Allahumma barik lana fi Rajaba wa Shaban Wa Ramadan And the hadith is mentioned in Bayhaqi and Mishka Sharif The question you are asking is threefold Number one is this, we live in a secular capitalistic society where people want to just take loans and go into debt and so forth. Take cognizance of the following ahadith, all of them are sahih and authentic. Number one, Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's hadith in Bukhari Sharif, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika minal ma'asami wal maghram. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika Oh beloved Allah I seek your protection Minal from Ma'athami Places of sin People go to here, there, everywhere 90%, 80% of the time is haram places Minal ma'athami wal maghram And from debts So we must try and lead a sin-free life And a debt-free life And that is what Islam is teaching us Second hadith mentioned in Sunan Nasai. On one occasion, he, Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, giving advices to the beloved companions and Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'in, and said, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-kufri wad-dayn. O oh Allah, Jalla wala, I seek your protection from kufr, blasphemy, disbelief, and deaths. The Sahaba, the beloved students, companions who were sitting there were amazed, astonished. They said, so wait a day, Nabil Kufri, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, is like 
like you equating the debts with kufr and blasphemy and disbelief. He Habibuna said, Yes, see today's world. How many people when they go into debts, then they commit suicide, they go on to drugs, one problem after another, because now they can't face the public and so forth. Third one, this is the hadith you are referring to. It's in Muslim Ahmad, Ibn Majah, various compilations. Nafsul mu'mini mu'allakatun biduyunihi hatta tughza'anhu. The person's life and his soul and spirit will remain suspended until and unless the debts of the deceased are paid. Therefore, in Islam, we have a unique system, and this is the chronological the sequence that you have to do. Somebody passes away. Let me just mention this as well. Inna lillahi wa inna lirajoon. My student Hafiz Shiraz Mullah of Devon, currently he's staying here in Lens. His father Ismail Mullah passed away. So remember that. I hope his father's name, if I remember, is correct, Ismail. But anyway, our Moana Ziad Mullah, Hafiz Shiraz Mullah, their father Baji Mullah passed away. And Janaza is at around 2.15, there in King Ross today. So we make dua for him that all Allah Jalla grant Likewise, Maulana Zainul Abidin, he contacts me sometimes, mashallah, on various issues. So he is Dadima. Hafiz Patel is his dada. Hafiz Patel, very well known globally, nationally, internationally. He was the Amir of the Tablik Jamaat today in UK and Europe and so forth. So his wife, that is Mona Zainul Abidin's Dadima, paternal grandmother, passed away this morning there in UK. Allah Jalla Wala grant her also Jannatul Firdausil A'ala. So now these people have passed away. So what do we do? So in a case like that, number one, from the estate of the deceased, we have, remember, the burial funeral expenses. If some family member, friends want to pay, it's fine, permissible. Second one, in sequence, then we pay the debts of the deceased, the accounts, the loans, all that must be paid immediately and to the creditors and whether it's personal debts, corporate business debts, all are included. And third one is wasiyah. Wasiyah is bequeathing for non-heirs, whether it's a person, whether it's an organization, whether it is for a mosque or madrasa and so forth. The person, the beneficiary who's going to receive can be a non-Muslim also. You have a non-Muslim neighbor, many times he helped you and so forth and so on. So you wrote there 5, 10, 20, 50,000 for him. So it's permissible. And But it must not be an A. It must be non-A and must not exceed one-third of the estate. And fourth one will be the shares of the heirs. So that is the sequence you follow. So while you come to the hadith, so it means my father, mother, whoever it is, will not enter Jannah paradise until the debts are paid. <laughs> Meaning they will be waiting. The heirs, the executor, must fulfill and pay all the heirs, all the debts. Why? Justice delayed is justice denied. Therefore, you the heirs and you the executor, you must ensure that the debts of the deceased are paid. <laughs> Allah subhanallah, subhanallah. Somebody wants to know, Ustad, that uh, does pre-arranged marriages still exist in today's times, Ustad? Last week also we had this question, you must remember that, and I told you that not only does it exist, it is 100% encouraged in Islam, so you, the girl, must not make unilateral decisions and decision on your own. Yes, a boy came, I just marry him. No. You must consult with your parents when your father, mother give permission and that person is a Muslim, is not a Shia, Qadiani, Agakhani, non-Muslim. So remember, and you are happy, your parents are happy. La nikaha illa biwaliyin. There's no nikah without the consent and permission of the father, the biological father, adopted father, foster father, stepfather. They got no say in this matter. So remember, it must be 
biological father or biological grandfather or the uncle passer brood, the father's brother or the brother of that lady. So those are the people that matter and they must give permission and then you go ahead. Similarly, the boy, he should take the blessings and the eyes of his parents and then get married. So Islam encourages that. Always what you are seeing, too much TV and too much toktik and tiktok and all that so all that is haram remember this that you see first you must date then you must smooch then sometimes tribal they want to see that whether she can give birth or not they make a child before time and all this going on in today's world and it's all like acceptable in today's western culture decadent satanic culture so all this totally haram obviously in Islam and Islam when you get married you are virtual strangers to one another then Allah will bring the love then Allah will bring the mercy the western system you make love everything first then you get married then you have a child and then divorce so 90% 80% you see that the divorces are spiraling out of control and very sad to say it is now entered our own Muslim community and society because we left the Islamic way and adopted the kuffar and non-muslim culture that is the truth of the matter subhanallah subhanallah listen to this question ustad anonymous dear mufti sab i am jew any moment highly expecting i can't see anything below my belly and have trouble shaving is it permissible to ask my husband to help me he refuses to do so he says i must ask a beautician ustad Remember for you to go to beautician all that totally haram. So remember you don't have to use a shaver or whatever to remove the pubic hair in Islam is Sahih Hadith authentic Hadith and remember that 40 days is maximum for clipping of the nails for removing unwanted hair whether it be underarm or whether it be pubic hair you can just use the cream and all these type of things hair remover and you just apply that so that is easy for you even though you are pregnant so remember if your husband does it there's no problem with that if he doesn't want to use the shaver he can just use the cream and so forth there is no parda and hijab between husband and wife so therefore both of you are behaving a bit like children you know this is the time you should be supporting one another anytime you're going to give birth but you will mar this happy occasion with all this foolishness on both sides so both of you must do the following now start writing down start memorizing chapter 37 surah swafat you know Surah Yasin, chapter 36. Just after Surah Yasin, Surah Safat, verse 100. Rabbi ha- so now what is the dua? Khalilullah, Nabi Ibrahim, alayhi salam, supplication. Rabbi habali minas salihin. Oh, beloved Allah, grant me, grant us pious children. Grant us normal children. What a beautiful, complete dua, comprehensive dua. Abundantly you must read it. Then husband, wife, the child comes. It must enhance your bond and your marriage. Surah 25, Surah Fulqan, verse 74. رَبَّنَا حَبْلَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَاتِنَا قُرَّةَ أَعْيُونَ Oh, beloved Allah, grant us spouses and progeny and children that are the coolness of the eyes. Chapter 25, verse 74, third one. And thus you must read abundantly, you the sister. Now, any week, any day this week, yeah, in Rajab, you're going to give birth, inshallah, Aziz. So read chapter 21, Surah Anbiya, regarding the messengers. And it is the beginning of the 17th Supara, 17 Jews, verse 33. Oh, chapter 21, verse 30, 17 Jews, 17 Supara. What is the ayat? أَوَلَمْ يَرَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَنَّ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ كَانَتَا رَتْقًا فَفَتَقْنَاهُمَا 
Don't they see the non-Muslims? The heavens and the earth were stuck together. And then we separated it. Allah uses the term we to stamp his majesty, authority, sovereignty. Then we separated it easily. So yeah, you, the mother and the fetus, you are stuck together. Now you're going to go through whether normal birth, cesarean birth, there'll be pain, labor, all. So read the ayat. Ya Allah, make my giving birth easy easy for me everything you will find in the Quran Sharif everything you will find in the Sunnah Mubarakah give our charity daily O husband for yourself and for the wife and remember that you give birth you can give a distinct birth so give out some charity and inshallah Allah will make it easy for you the hadith of charity for people who are ill and sick is mentioned by Abu Dawood, Imam Abu Dawood in his marasil and make sure you clean everything up before you go doctor and clinic and everything there, use the shaver or use the cream or whatever, going putition, all that absolutely haram, not permissible <laughs> Subhanallah, Subhanallah listen to this one Ustad, a student of Deen says, uh, uh, respected honorable Mufti Sahib, Assalamu Alaikum is it wise for a poor man to marry a rich girl, I am rich but I don't want to marry a rich boy, Mufti Sab. I want to marry a poor man. But my parents are refusing. They want me to marry a rich guy. I want to look after my poor husband. Ustad. Do you want to look after your poor husband or you want to dictate to him? That's also another issue. Mm-hmm. If your husband just tells you something, hey, my poppy, my darling, my sweetheart, you say, hey, whose house this? <laughs> whose car this? Who's shopping all this? You see? So JC Niyat Vesi Baraka. So you must remember that whatever intention we have in life, whether it's material things, worldly things, or our religious matters, so that will become prevalent, that will become, you understand, what you will see in life. Therefore, in Urdu, it sounds beautiful. JC Niyat Vesi Baraka. So my advice to all you, my daughters, my sisters, my nieces, that you must always consult with your parents and where your parents are happy you get married there provided that that person has the following qualities he belongs to the Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'ah he is particular meticulous with his Salat his income is good Halal and Tayyibah and your ages are also you're compatible to one another so then you get married whether he's rich or poor that is from Allah Ta'ala you must remember so so many people, when they got married, they were rich. And then, because of haram, they got involved in drugs, in gambling, all haram activities. They ended up paupers. So many people were paupers. And Allah Ta'ala na kismat Allah Ta'ala opened the doors for them and made them in short period of time well to do. So don't make that criteria number one. Make criteria number one, the belief structure, the character, the, character, the piety and thereafter you look at the wealth and the handsomeness and all those issues but always consult your parents and do not make unilateral decisions that's my message to all of you my daughters my nieces my sisters somebody says here Ustad that happiness in marriage is just a pigment of imagination fights and arguments must happen Ustad anonymous Remember, figment of imagination will be there, but you must remember that if you think that the marriage will be always one big, big long honeymoon, there won't be some vicissitude, some misunderstanding, it must happen. Open the Quran Sharif. Who can give us a better example? Almighty Allah, Jalla gives example one day. Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he was, he is, he will always be the most beloved, the most precious to Almighty Allah Jalla Wala in the entire universe. And then what happens? Now the victories are coming. You must remember Battle of Badr is won, Battle of Khaybar is won, Fatih Makkah, all that is taking place. So the booty, the wealth and the spoils of war are coming in. So they, the honorable wives of Mustafa Rasulullah wasallam, they did not demand. Remember this, we must be very careful how we present the case. 
They did not demand. They only made a suggestion. Ya Rasulullah sallallahu sallam. Now, mashallah, we are winning and so much booty, wealth and spoils of war are coming in and so forth. So why not you increase our like weekly or monthly payment, meaning what you're giving us. Give us a little bit more, you see. So that was not the demand. Remember that it was just a suggestion. So what did Almighty Allah Jalla say? Almighty Allah Jalla said, addressing the Master Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I read for you. This is Suratul Ahzab, chapter number 33, and verses 28-29, and the ending of the 21st Jews. I'm repeating, chapter 33 and verses 28-29, and it's the ending of the 21st Supara, 21st Jews. I read. Ya ayyuhan nabi O Prophet Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu sallam When the honorable wives requested Let me but increase Kulli azwajik You tell your honorable wives In kuntunna turidna lahayata dunya wa zinataha If you want the worldly life And the glitter glamour And the beauty of this worldly life Fata'ala inkam Umatiyakunna I will give you some benefit Wa usarrihkunna sarahan jamila And I will release you in a beautiful manner You go your way And you no more stay my wife That is one option And second option Chapter 33 And verse number 29 And if you are honorable wives You want all You want Mustafa Rasulullah You want the year after All has prepared For the muhsinat those ladies who fulfill their duty with beauty and sincerity from you ajran azima a magnificent reward each one of them said we don't have to discuss with our parents our families we choose you ya rasul allah we choose allah we choose you finish end of the discussion mm. so it shows it happened in the best of homes so where are we one day, second hadith, mentioned in Muslim Sharif, one day he, Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam, comes to the house of his beiti, Ladli Sahib Zadi, beloved daughter Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha. He, the master alayhi salam, saw and noticed and observed Sayyida Ali was not there. See the intelligence of Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha. He, the master alayhi salam, asked Aina Ali, where Sayyida Ali radiallahu anha? She, what she said, Sayyidah Fatima replied, Baini wa bainahu shay. There was some misunderstanding between us. Okay, fine. But where is he? He's there in the masjid. <laughs> now, if it's my daughter, your daughter, she will make the history, geography, biology, and add so much masala and spice. It does happen and does happen and exaggerate and add so many lies also. So fine, he Habibuna Mustafa Sallallahu goes. He was not only the beloved messenger, the most beloved, he was, he is, he will always be the Rahmatulil Alameen, most beloved to Allah, but he's a father-in-law also. When he goes to the masjid, he sees Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu sleeping, lying down there. So what does he do as a father-in-law? He, Habibuna, Rahmatulil Alameen, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, anjasadihi, libasihi. So he removed the speck of dust from his clothing from the body of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu Father-in-law removing the dust. And whose father-in-law? Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Kum ya Aba Turab, Kum ya Aba Turab, stand up, stand up, O father of the saint. Sayyidina Ali says, I woke up in. All the problems finished. The master, Islam, is praising me so much. If it's today's father-in-law, he will go there already, pick up his sleeves, everything. Come here, let me panel beat you a little bit and all that. Because we got no brains also nowadays. Common sense is no more common. So understand where there is potentially explosive situation. You must try and finish it up immediately. But we will add more fire to the, more fuel to the fire. We will add more spice and more masala to it and all that. 
So always there will be some things like that, but you must learn to love and let love, agree to disagree, and then you continue with your life, and your husband buy a nice gift for you, honey. Oh, honey, take this money. Oh, wife, you buy something. Taha do tahabu, give gifts to one another. It will bring bring about mutual love. For in because when you give gifts to one another, it removes the malice, the mm. rancor, the hatred. Sahih hadith, authentic hadith. Now I ask you, anybody, Muslim, non-Muslim, can you bring a better teaching than that? What Mustafa taught us, what Sahaba taught us, what the pious people nobody can do that Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahullah married for over 30 years he says I can't remember one day where I had fight and argument with my wife she says something I just keep quiet I go masjid make dua you see <laughs> our ulama sometimes they're running to the masjid pious people so students say Hazrat where are you running he said no between me and my wife we have little bit mix up so I'm running to the masjid, ya Allah, you only help me and put mercy between me and my wife. <laughs> we run to the masjid, you see. But today, where they'll run? They'll run to the shop and announce, my wife is a half crackpot. Understood? <laughs> so that is why where we go wrong. We must remember these type of things. Yeah? We're supposed to go to Allah, but we will go to other people. That is all upside down things we do. Who said there's a brother from uh, Lodium, he says that, how come Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam didn't ever reprimand his daughter Bibi Fatima? She had so much of freedom before marrying Ali. Don't you think that was unfair of Nabi? Brother from uh, Lodium Ustad. My brother, if you say that, you go out of the fall of Islam if you're not careful, my brother. Where you come with all your ideas and all these type of things? One day Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saw Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha walking outside and he asked her, what you doing here outside? Then he, Habib, she told Nabi Sallam, I went for ta'aziyat, that I went, you must remember, to offer condolences, somebody passed away. He, Habibuna Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked her, you went to the graveyard also? She said, la, 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 ya, but he know. He, Habibuna Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told her, if you went to the graveyard, then remember that you will not see Jannah and paradise. So remember, wherever the occasion came, then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was very, very firm. And where there was no need for it, then he always showed his love. So that is what the Master Sallallahu was. He will always be Rahmatul Lil Alameen Sallallahu Wasallam. But for you to make a statement that the Master Sallallahu is unfair and so forth, that only kuffar and hypocrites and munafikin and that speak like that. Be very careful what you say brother mm. uh, the sister says advice for the sister having problems shaving use a mirror tell Mufti Sahib Ustad yeah, the woman will give you a hundred and one thing you must remember use a mirror use a cream whatever you can use no problem you must remember <laughs> 26 minutes uh, to 12 I see Haji Suleiman is having a good laugh Ustad <laughs> somebody says dear Mufti Sahib uh, can, can I marry my friend's daughter or was this uh, just in the olden days to start? The why not? You can marry your friend's daughter. You can marry your brother's daughter. You must remember in this way, not you, the uncle, marry the niece. You marry, your son marry. So you are two brothers. So you got a son and your brother got a daughter. So now your son marries his daughter. So now, remember, all that is permissible and so forth. But the intention is the most important. Why you want to marry? It must be because of piety, because of taqwa, and because of, you understand, you want to remain chaste and so forth. Not because of just uh, looks, mal, and jamal, and beauty, and wealth, and all that no all that must be secondary not primary so that is where we go wrong nowadays hmm. is it permissible to change your surname to your husband's surname after marriage was that i must remember that once you get married then you got three options 
Option number one, you can maintain and retain your own surname. So that is fine. Like the Sahabiyat, Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha binti Khuwaylid, Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha binti Abi Bakr al-Siddiq, Sayyidah Hafsa binti Umar radiallahu anha. So like that is fine. Number two is you want to change it to your husband's surname. So that also is fine. You get some of the people who don't understand anything of Sharia. They quote the ayat, Uduhum li abaihim wa aqsatu indallah. Chapter 33, verse number 5. That ayat is to do for adopted children. It's not to do for ziwaj. It's not to do for husband-wife relationship. It's to do for adopted children. So they're quoting that verse out of context. And third one, if you want, you want the double barrel surname. So now you must remember, your surname, maiden surname is Patel. And now you are married in a Desai family. So you say Fatima Patel you say Zainab Patel Desai. You say that Aisha, you understand, Patel Desai. So all that is permissible. So maintain, retain your own surname. One, change to your husband's surname. Two, or keep both surnames, double barrel surname, they say in English. <laughs> so remember that, that inshallah, then all that will be permissible. No problem with that. Well, it's uh, 26 minutes uh, to 12. We go for an interval. When we come back, inshallah, we will uh, continue with the bliss of marriage. Stay tuned. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaa. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaa. Well, it's exactly now uh, 22 minutes uh, to 12 uh, o'clock. Who said there's a, there's a couple, husband and wife, uh, I think they have made the need and intention or it says that they do have uh, the funds to go to Aqsa. They want to know, Ustad, is it safe to go to Aqsa right now or not, Ustad? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. We will advise every Muslim and Muslim couple to go, mashallah. In life, you should have three tamannas, three wishes and aspirations. One is you go to Makkah, Mukarramah, Umrah and Hajj. Second one, that you go to Medina Munawwara for ziyarat and you send salat and salam directly upon Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Wasallam. And third one, you go there to Aqsa Al-Mubarak, our first Qibla. We must never ever forget it. See, I tell you one thing which most Muslims still now are unaware of. Few days ago, these terrorists, these settlers, they entered Majirul Aqsa and what the police and army and so forth. What they did, they urinated there in Aqsa. These Jutlas, <laughs> these Jews, Haramis, they were drinking alcohol in Aqsa. Where are the Muslim Tanpot dictators, your Saudis and your United Arab Emirates and your Bahrain and Morocco and Egypt and Jordan and all of them? All really silent. Nobody speaks because they're more interested in bootlicking the Americans and bootlicking, you must remember, the Israelis. What a shame that these people come inside our masjid, our mosque, defile it and desecrate it, and their own police are there. They're just looking and laughing and so forth. So therefore, we are very clear on this issue, and you can quote me anywhere in the world. The only way you're going to solve this problem, remember, is this. One settler, one bullet will settle many issues. Second one is the Jutlas, the Jews, are not a chosen people of Allah. They are a cursed nation of Allah. Allah has mentioned it various places why he curses them. Third one, their own person, Gideon Levy, who was a senior, senior journalist in the Haaretz newspaper, he wrote once that he said that these settlers, they're not human beings. They are subhuman. You must remember that. How you can go and kill innocent people and babies and go and desecrate, defile, worst places of worship and so forth. So therefore, Ummah, you need to wake up. You can't be here in your Alice in Wonderland. You need to go there and show our solidarity. That is what our Iman 
our Islam demands for us. So every couple, every person, everyone, take your children during holidays and go to Al-Aqsa Mubarak and take money and take clothing and whatever else you can take and go help our people there in Palestine and make dua daily. Today is Wednesday. After Zuhur Salat, read two rakat Salat extra. Ya Allah, show us the day during our lifetime when the whole of Palestine will be liberated from the Zionist apartheid terrorist Nazi regime of Israel. And in Allah, la kulli shayin qadir. Allah has power over everything. Did you ever dream in 2022 or before that that 80,000 jutlas will come out? Then 130,000 on the past two weeks on a Saturday night, 80,000 came out. Last week, 130,000 came out. This week, inshallah, Saturday night, we're hoping, praying, 150, 200,000 come out. And they're all against Bibi Netanyahu and his terrorist government. So these are Jutlas themselves. <laughs> so this is what Allah taught us. Chapter 59, verse 14. Tahsabuhum jamia. You think they're united? Nay. Waqulubuhum shatta. Their hearts are fragmented, totally disunited. Zalika bi annahum qawmul la yaqilun. They are a people who got no brains and no intelligence. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. Ustad, uh, 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 the sister says, my husband wants to know that uh, why is Sauk charging us so much fees? And which agent should we go with for Hajj Ustad? Remember, both questions here is a two, three-part question, so let's take it step by step. You know, the lists are coming out now, the first list, second list, Allah alone knows how many lists they will be, but you are accredited, so that's good. So what must you do? Every one of you who is already accredited, all of you who are waiting to be accredited, so today you must start. To start on a Wednesday is excellent, and to start after Zohar is superb, it's very, very good. There is hadith, remember Mustafa Rasulullah sallam, went out of Medina Manuwara, the battle of Khandak, the battle of the trench, that side were the Ahzab, on the other side, Ahzab were the coalition, they were the Mushrikeen, polytheists from Makkah, and the Yahud, and the Jews from Medina, and the Munafikeen, those who sit on the fence are guilty of committing a major offense, so they all joined them as well, so we must remember then Mustafa Rasulullah made dua Wednesday afternoon Imam Bukhari has mentioned this in Al-Adabul Mufrat Sheikh Albani Rahimahullah said his hadith is sahih authentic hadith so therefore we must be clear on all and Sheikh Albani gave me the book personally Al-Adabul Mufrat sahih Al-Adabul Mufrat and Dua'if Al-Adabul Mufrat so nevertheless the point I'm making is he Habibuna made dua Ah, and then the wind came and the whole landscape, everything changed. They had to take flight and run away from there. So that's Wednesday afternoon. When you study our ulama, the giants, Allama Marghinani, buried in Uzbekistan, he, when they would start the academic year teaching, like now January, we say our academic year in Britain, America, they say September. So now when the academic year starts, so he would start teaching on a Wednesday. Our great, great giants and ulama, Hazrat Mufti Muhammad Shafi Sahib, Rahimahullah, who passed away 10 Shawwal, 1976. His madrasa, when we used to study there, they used to start on a Wednesday. Hazrat Ji, who passed away in Jalalabad, 1992, November. So Hazrat Mawlana Masihul Ummad, Masihullah Khan Sahib, Nawarallah Umar would start their classes on Wednesday. So start on Wednesday. Why? Allah Jalla Wala created noor and radiance and effulgence on a Wednesday. And that is mentioned in Muslim Sharif as well. So the point I'm making here is this, that you should start on this Wednesday. So read Surah 2, verse 128. Whether you are credited or you're waiting for accreditation, read Surah 2, verse 128. Wa Inna ka anta tawabur rahim. Verily, Ya Allah, you show.
show us the places of Hajj and Umrah, Makkah, Mina, Muzdalifa, Arafat, Muzdalifa, all that. Medina Munawwara will be included, inshallah, before Hajj, after Hajj, before Umrah, after Umrah. So that's first thing. Every day you must do that. Start today. And then second one, this is true. When you look at the bank balance sheet and bank account of Sahuk and his public, any organization, understand this thing clearly, you. When there is an organization that goes and collects money from the public, so you got all the right to ask them questions. Whether it's ulama organization, whether it's public welfare organization, whether it's hajj umrah organization, you are taking money from the public, so the public got all the right to ask you questions. So if you go today to Sahuk, you must remember they got plus minus approximately 14 million rand in their account. Mm. So how can you charging the people so much 100% is a valid question so I can't answer it but I agree with you that you must remember there's no justification for it according to me so you must go and they're going to have all their road trips and all these things here or they come on various radio stations or whatever so you must pose these questions to them we can't answer we got nothing to do with Sahuk and Sahuk got nothing to do with us so but your question is 100% justified Therefore, I am echoing your sentiments. You must pose these questions to them and tell them we want a straight answer, not dry keys. You know, they masters in making dry keys go round, round, round. Just give us a straight answer. So 14 million you got in your account. So why? Fine. You charge a certain amount. We fine. We'll pay for that. We also want services. So you have to take doctors. You have to take the helpers. All that. That's fine. And they'll help us there in Makkah, Madin. But why charge such exorbitant amount? That is the question you are posing. So you must ask them, send them email, send them that, send on social media. So why? And put your name. That is the main thing. Today, people, they want to hide behind their parada of their wife. That's wrong also. <laughs> Islamic is unethical also. I want to send out a message so it will go from my, it will go to my group, so my phone, so the people know I sent it out and so forth and so on. Now we're doing what? Bliss of marriage. So we sent out the advert. Now the program is finished. Our brothers, engineers here, they will make the podcast. We send it out. So you know, this is what I said. Mm. So nobody must make stories this way, that way and all that. So you must do that. You got all the right. It's your money. And once people are collecting from the public, they can't hide from you because they're collecting from the public. Therefore, I say our madrasas, our organizations, all of them, you must, they collect money from the public. You must ask them, show us your financial report. We want to see who's crooking who in the zoo. So <laughs> then they see all the shenanigans coming out Allah. now. Allah alone protect us. So, so, Ustad, can we really trust all these halal organizations? After all this information coming out regarding this crookery, what do we do, Ustad? What a shame and disgrace it is, you know. If you look at the Cape Argus of yesterday, headlines like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they got there about the MJC and all that. When they can't even account for hundreds of thousands of rain, 50,000 of rain and what, and this is not first time, and it's going on and on and on. So can you ever, I'm asking you now, rely on their halal certification? I'm asking you. Second one, it's not only them. The Jamiat and them here in Fordsburg, that Patrice and all these guys, they, their agents gave them money and all these things here. So did they ever account and tell you what they did with that 500,000? I'm asking you. Sure. So you, our fatwa is very clear. Not today. Our fatwa is over 10, 20 years ago. We told you that all this chicken and all this halal logos, all haram, not worth the paper on which is written. It's all money-making gimmick. Everybody knows that. And we got no confidence in any of this halal organizations. Anyone. South Africa, Africa, the whole world. And you must remember that all these organizations collecting money from government or from this one, that one. Did they ever show you the balance sheet? 
Did they ever tell you how much money they're getting and so forth? None of them did. But they still keep on collecting. So therefore, our fatwa is very clear. That these people who close the masajid, these people who are involved in all those unsavory uh, you know, activities of halal chicken and halal mutton and halal beef and halal, halal, they got even certificate for toothpick. <laughs> Since when a toothpick needs a halal certificate? Even for water, you will see if you travel, they got there certified by this organization. Since when you need certificate for that? So it's all money making. Remember these things, yeah. So therefore, we say three fatwas I passed, and it's clear how many times we sent it out. We say very clearly, A, B, C, X, Y, Z people, you can't read Salat behind them. Salat is not valid behind them. We send the whole list out. If you want it even now, you ask Mohan Arafat, he will give it to you. Ask mm. me, we'll send it to you. Number one. Number two, we say A, B, C, X, Y, Z organizations, you can't give them Lilla, you can't give them Zakat, you can't give them Sadaqah, all this. For all this unsavory business, remember that. And third one, there's Halal logos. Remember stay far far it's one big it's not a multi-million industry it's a multi-billion industry you know when i used to travel yeah there three four five times a year overseas 80 percent 90 percent i used to go via dubai you know via emirates and all that so when i reach there so we go in the lounge i pick up 8 10 12 15 newspapers so some articles I still kept because they're very good. Once I read there that Dubai says they want to become the headquarters of the multi-billion dollar halal industry. So I told my wife that I wonder if they even know the definition of halal. If you travel on Emirates, you see our people don't understand Arabic 90%, 80% of them. They say all the food is halal. And in Arabic, they write one side Arabic, one side English. They say khinzir is not being served. So if you are just a person who doesn't know much about Islam and you read that in Arabic, you will think that only khinzir and swine is haram. Everything else is halal. You know, that's the impression, perception you might give. And then you see the alcohol being served. And what what type of alcohol? You see the people bring this one and this one and this one. So how we can rely on these countries and all these things? Now they made peace, so-called peace with Israel. So therefore we say that. Oh, and about Saudi Arabia, not now. You can ask anybody. For 20, 30 years, we were taking groups for Umrah, Hajj, and all these things. Yeah. So remember, we told them, stay away from all the foreign meat that comes into Saudi. The foreign chicken, foreign meat, all haram, not permissible. So that is our fatwa and will remain our fatwa, inshallah. Listen to this one, Ustad. I think Mufti Sab should invite us on A, invite our organization on Merkaz, and we will prove it. Allah is the best judge. You are afraid to take us on air and debate to start. So which organization? You must remember this. You close the masjid. I told you a hundred times. Come, let's debate. Any organization wants to debate regarding close the masjid, tell me what time and we will take you on. Tell me that who went to court to close the masjid. Tell me who is not prepared to say the Shias are kuffar. Are we not prepared or you not prepared? Because you're getting money from them. Don't you have any shame? The people who curse and swear our mother Siddiqa, Sayyidah Aisha, they swear and curse Sayyidah Bakr, Sayyidah Umar, Sayyidah Usman, Amir Muawiyah, and you can't pronounce against them kufr publicly because you're getting money. Hang your head in shame, man. So we prepared 100%. You come anytime. I gave this announcement 100 times. Third one. Who went with the lesbians to court, friends of the court, to say that, no, we side with you. When we went to court regarding the masjid issue, you opposed us. When we told you to join this lesbian organization, is haram, you opposed us. On all these points, we prepared to go with you. And I'll give you prime time also. So you bring whoever you want. You bring any Molvi, any Mufti, any Sheikh, any Sheikhul Islam. We will discuss the issue of closing masjid. We will discuss the issue of Shias. We will discuss the issues, you must remember, of going to court with the lesbians. You come, I'm ready anytime. I'll be alone and you bring all your Molvis. We're ready for you. So then we'll see the popper will dance by Buddha.
So you must say, don't come play here. You guys are traitors to Islam. And therefore, to read Salat behind you is not permissible. Allah Akbar, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. Uh, somebody says, oh, Ustaz, that, uh, uh, can I sleep at my friend's house? I am a single female, and my dad only allows my brothers to stay out with their friends who start anonymous. So you want to sleep there with your friends, and then what will happen at night? So you must remember your friend will make tawaf ziyarat by you, so he'll come by you. 100% haram for you. What your parents are saying is 100% permissible, is right. For you as a female to go and sleep there by your friend's house, even female is not permissible. And for boys also, we don't encourage. We won't say haram, but we don't encourage. Today, this is how everything starts. People get addicted to pornography. People get addicted, you must remember, to drugs. People get addicted to their vices and what. Who's going to read Salat? I'm asking you. Take a hundred Muslim, non-Muslims. You take a hundred Muslim youngsters and then tell them that you can go sleep by your friend's house. Go to the masjid in that area and see how many of them are going to read Fajr Salat in the masjid with Jamaat on time. 80%, 90% will miss Fajr Salat. So what good is there? Hadith in Bukhari Sharif, Bala shaytanu fi udhunay. The shaitan urinates in your ears. You must remember when you miss your Fajr Salat. They don't read Fajr Salat at home. What are they going to read by the friends? I'm speaking of majority. So we mustn't fool ourselves, you know. They don't take us and make us fools. We must be facing what is really happening on the ground. Last question. <laughs> I see the brother says we have your podcast of today for that answer of that uh, organization to start. Yes, 100%. We send out everything, my brother. We send out everything. And you, the big mouth, you also come. And then see, we will circumcise you properly. You understand? <laughs> Regarding the closing of the masjid and going to court as friends of the court, hang your heads in shame. It never happened in history, but Molvis go to court to close the masjid. You can't even make Shias kufar. And you join the lesbians and you want to still defend the indefensible. <laughs> we send it out to thousands of people. Brother, we got nothing to hide, so this type of things here. So, son, I tell my husband that music, uh, music in Kawali is haram. Am I right in saying so? He's angry with me now, Ustad. 100% you're right. All this kawali and music, musical instruments are haram. Write these three books' names and then we'll conclude the program. Anybody knows Arabic, so you must read the book by Sheikh Albani, Rahimamullah. This book also he gave me personally. Taharimu alati turb. That musical instruments are haram. What that sahih wal adabil mufrad, da'if wal adabil mufrad. He gave me that and he gave me this masterpiece, excellent book to show musical instruments and all that is all haram. Number two, Hazrat Mufti Muhammad Shafi Sahib Rahimullah wrote a book and remember the students and that they edited it. I have all three books with Allah's help. And that is Islam or Musiki, Islam and music. So but the actual book is in Arabic and so forth. If you know, you know, Ahkamul Quran, Al-Jildul Khamis, you will find it there. Then they wrote this book. So Islam and Musiki. So remember Islam and music in Urdu. Hazrat Mufti Muhammad Shafi Sahib Rahimahullah. Third one, you don't know Arabic Urdu, then go and take the English one. And that is Slippery Stone by Khalid Beg. Beg is B. AIG all three books excellent very good and remember we must not fool ourselves that kawali is permissible and this is permissible nothing permissible all these are absolutely haram last week last week Friday the imam of the haram Sheikh Faisal al-Ghazawi I'll just give you the incident and finish he says that one day Abdullah ibn Umar was walking and he heard music so he then inserted his fingers in his ears and with him was Nafi. Nafi was his famous student. And then they walked and walked and walked. And then he removed his fingers from his ears. He asked Nafi, can you hear anything now? He said, no. He said, fine. He said, one day I, Abdullah ibn Umar was walking with the master, وسلم, musical noises came. And then Habibuna did the same. Inserted the Mubarak fingers in the ears. And thereafter, 
Kabira then walked, 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 and then removed the fingers, Mubarak fingers, and asked me, can you hear? I said, no. So he, Abdullah ibn Umar, if you study his profile, Ashaddu ittiba'an lin Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was, he is, remember, the one who imitated Nabi alayhi salatu salam the most, you must remember that. Mm. So that is what we say, and all four schools say that, that all musical instruments, haram, qawali, all that not permissible. Barakallahu feek. Salaamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And four to six tomorrow morning, a safina to ilal jannah. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaah.